Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. We have with Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lewis, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost their eighth straight game. God damn. Uh, by a score of 116 to 105 against the Gloomin Cavaliers. Uh, how do I summarize this game? Um, it was a real mess in the first half. Raptors missed a lot of open opportunities. And then uh, they got sunned by Colin Sexton, who... I mean, this ain't Lebronto, but it was it, it was like a cousin of Lebronto. Like, this is like... If, if Lebronto was Lebronto, then this was like... Uh, New market, Sexton. New market. I don't know how you can sex market. Yeah, this was sex market. That's that's what it was. It's a, it's adjacent to Lebronto. Obviously, not the same experience. You know, of course, if you've seen any of those three iterations of Lebronto, you would know that. But very painful, very painful, and I don't like being reminded of these things. And I wouldn't say it was as simple as that. Although Sexton just torched the Raptors. I think he had. Uh, a game-high 36 points, and a whole bunch of them were in the third quarter uh, after he had a crazed look in his eye. Um, you know, the Raptors, I don't know really what fully happened. Apparently Sexton said something to Fred, and Norm stepped to him, and, you know, whatever. And there was a bit of a, you know, how NBA uh, fights are. You know, you just kind of get together, and then you disperse, kind of like a... Uh, I don't know, like a like one of those games you play at leadership camp. Um, basically Red Rover. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, texts were called. The Raptors were cool. You know, uh, you know, I mean, the story of the game was kind of third quarter starts. Norm's just, like, talking to Larry Nance, kind of explaining the whole situation. They're, they're, they're just chill and whatever. And Colin Sexton's just there with his eyes, like, wide open. Like, you know, like... <laughs> you know, like when you sleep like three hours and the sun hits your eye and you're just like trying to stare at the sun to like wake yourself up a little bit when you're dead tired. He had that look in his eye um, and proceeded to just kill the Raptors. And, um, you know, l- listen, if you followed Sexton's career, you would know that, A, first off, he beat the Nets earlier this year, which was a very fun game, honestly. Go look at the highlights of that game. That game was ridiculous. Uh, but... You would also know that Sexton um, had, why do I describe this really? I mean, so there was like a fight in the game in college involving Sexton. I think he played Alabama. And like the whole team got ejected from their side. And they had to play three on five after some guys fouled out. So Sexton literally played with three guys on his team. He was one of the three guys against five players. And obviously Sexton was the best player, whatever, right? But like... Three on five. And this guy was actually keeping the game close for like a solid five minutes. Um, anyway, I'm just saying, if you, he, he's one of those don't poke the bear moments. And, and, you know, we've seen don't poke the bear with Kyle Lowry, whatever. Same deal, man. When this guy got the same hairdo as, uh, as Qui-Gon Jinn, you just really have to, you know, really worry about what this man is capable of. And, uh, 
Yeah, uh, that was bad. But really what was bad was the quality of basketball the Raptors played. Um, You know, they did make a comeback in the fourth quarter. You know, classic comeback from a a team that is not good. And the Raptors, honestly, at this point are not good. Um, Where you make a push, but you just can't get the deal done. The Raptors are down 22 points. The problem is not how the Raptors came back. That was probably the best part of the game. It was really... Just, how are you down 22 points in the first place to the Cavaliers, man? One of the few teams in the league that has a worse record than the Raptors. But, then again, you can't say you weren't warned because the Raptors are on an eight-game losing streak. Two of those games are to the Detroit Pistons. Um, So, is this is losing the Sexton really that much worse than losing to Wayne Ellington? You know? Or losing to Tony Snell? Or... Uh, or losing to Semi Ojale and Peyton Pritchard, or you know all these other losses the Raptors are racked up along the way. Um, no, <laughs> not really. Actually, you know, like I think we're kind of past the point where being embarrassed. You have to have something to be embarrassed by. You know, um, yeah, it, it just is what it is at this point. Some long stretches of poor basketball, which you can chalk up to a number of factors. It's not like the Raptors are short for excuses, right? And I'm not saying these are excuses in the sense I'm dismissing them. I'm just saying there's so many things working against the Raptors. Literally the worst thing possible to happen to the Raptors every game is going to happen to the Raptors. It's been that way the whole season. Like, it's literally like, yo, we've had a, a season, which my bad on the last podcast, okay? I said Pascal had three shots rim out that were game-deciding shots. No, actually, it was four. I forgot about the time he drove straight to the basket against Minnesota, had a layup, and bricked the layup, okay? So, it's actually four. So, my bad, okay? It's four. Um, in any case, this is one of those seasons where nothing goes right. Um, nothing goes right. And, you know, uh, maybe we've been blessed. We've seen lots of great seasons, but this is just not one of them. When you look at it, nothing has happened well for them. Obviously, the pandemic, they got to move away, all this other stuff, whatever, man. But it's just one of those years where nothing has gone right for them. Two and eight to start. They go 15 and nine with some great wins. They're back to 500. All right, we're going to be in this. Maybe the Raptors will buy a center at half, you know, at the trade deadline and, and really make a push, but no. COVID hits, they lose eight straight now, even with guys coming back, as I said, you know, during during the podcast of, you know, okay, yeah, they'll get guys back, but what conditioning they get these guys back in? These guys are not going to be 100%. We have seen that. These guys have not been 100%. Look at Pascal today, right? Benched again, which, by the way, how many times has Pascal been benched at the end of the game this uh, this season? You, you, you know, Nick's like, yeah, you know, conditioning and things like that. That's fair. That's fair, honestly. You know, I'm not going to say that it, that is not a factor. Absolutely, it's a factor, but... No Pascal today. No Pascal in the fourth quarter, and that's that's your franchise player. No 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 uh, no minutes for Pascal in the fourth quarter. Uh, meanwhile, you're making comebacks with Stanley Johnson and Pat McCaw, who look these guys worked their asses off, but damn, they had a combined seven points. Um, you know, fine. I, really, there's no time to slander these guys. They were fine, uh, but yeah, just not good. And there were just lots of stretches of the game where guys are just making bad plays. Like literally, Kyle Lowry has the ball. It's a three-on-one fast break. He's just trying to throw a pass ahead, literally to anybody. I could have thrown that pass to lead someone to the dunk, and I'm not exaggerating. Like, it's literally, guys are streaking out. I could deliver that pass. But Kyle, the ball slips out of his hands. No, no pressure, really, and the ball just slips out of his hands. And instead of it being a fast break for the Raptors, the ball is still in the backcourt. He threw a what looked to be a 50-foot pass uh, five feet, and instead the Cavaliers had a three-on-one fast break, and they scored. It was like that. There was like an assortment of plays like that. You know, Norm driving to the basket, losing the ball. 
Uh, OJ Anobi driving, losing the ball. You know, guys just making boneheaded plays. But then again, you have to really consider the competition. Because the Cavaliers committed 26 turnovers. Bro, they had three guys in their starting five that had six turnovers each. Each. So what I'm saying is that there were plenty of opportunities for the Raptors to capitalize. And yeah, that's how many cap- opportunities the Raptors missed. Of course, some open threes they missed. You know, that's that's what happens. When you shoot 46 threes and that's the whole bulk of your offense, y- you know, you're going to have some off nights. And the Raptors have had more off nights this year than, than good nights. I mean, we've seen the Raptors lose hitting 20 threes, 21 threes. During the stretch, during the stretch, we saw that happen against the Celtics. We just had that happen against the Jazz. It doesn't really matter, okay? Bottom line is there's some real issues with this club. And... You know, it it just sucks to be in the situation that they're in. Again, you could put in all these excuses and all these reasons, and there are absolute good reasons why the Raptors haven't been successful this year. Absolutely good reasons and viable reasons. I'm not trying to dismiss that at all. This honestly would be callous to to say otherwise. But you got to face facts. The Raptors are eight games under 500, 17 and 25, and you know. During the game, when I was watching the third quarter, I was really going through it emotionally, and I was like, you know what, I'm. How do I, you know, say what I'm trying to say in a concise way for Twitter that isn't just like uh, moaning, right? I don't want to moan. I mean, that's what this podcast is for, is for me to just moan about the game. Um, but what I mean is like, how, how, can I, how can I come up with a way to, to sort of su- summarize the season? And I, and I just thought about the 2013 Raptors, 2012-2013 Raptors. That was the last team that uh, was this bad. And I tweeted out the roster. Um, and... You know, basically asked the question, which team would you rather have, 2021 Raptors or 2013 Raptors? And um, I don't know. It's the question. It's actually the real answer. Um, I think I will have the 2021 Raptors, what the idea of the 2021 Raptors is supposed to be. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I can tell you about the 2013 Raptors, okay? Of course, that team had, like, Linus Klaza, had Andre Bagnani, had uh, Alan Anderson. Uh, honestly, all guys I would probably put off the bench for the Raptors right now. I mean, those guys can score more than five points, which is uh, something that all the bench players other than Chris Boucher struggle with. Um, and I don't think Chris actually had five points today. Did he have five points? I don't I don't know. I mean, that's not important, but still. What I have to tell you about the 2012-13 Raptors, obviously they missed the playoffs, right? They made a desperation trade for Rudy Gay and stuff like that. Kyle Lowry was hurt and came off the bench for Jose Calderon for a while. Um, That 2013 Raptors team had a higher win percentage at this moment than the Toronto Raptors of 2021. The Raptors right now have a win percentage of, I don't know, like 40%, and that team is like 41%. Like, it's tough, man. We're, We're really talking about the dark days here. And, of course, the quality of this club, obviously, way more accomplished. This current core, this current team, I take a lot of these guys over those guys. Absolutely. I take probably five guys off this team before I took one guy off that team, quite honestly. But you just have to really face facts. They're eight games under five hundred. There are 30 games left in this season. And these guys are going to fight. That's the thing. These guys are going to fight. You don't have to worry about that whatsoever. Um... You know, we saw them in this game. They were losing this game, but they fought. And you admire that. Uh, you admire them for it. Like, you really, really do admire them for that. Um, but at the same time, what what are you hoping to get out of this, right? Because over a 30-game stretch, you're just not going to get anything other than maybe you're the 7th seed 
in a play-in game format. And we actually have to know what the play-in tournament's going to be this year. Obviously, we haven't had these issues in previous seasons, but uh, the play-in game is going to have the 7 seed versus the 8 seed. Winner of that uh, clinches the 7th seed. So there's an opportunity for the 8th seed to become the 7th seed. And then the loser of that game plays the winner between 9 and 10 for the 8th seed. So that is like the best case situation. That's the best case scenario. And and it's tough to even get to that point. And there's a lot of teams struggling this year, absolutely. Like, again, COVID has just really flattened all the odds, right? Like the Celtics are under 500, stuff like that. Whatever. Um, but that's what you're looking at. Like, that is what you're looking at. And that's really all that there is left in this season is to just have that little short dose of dopamine, you know, like you, like, uh, I don't know, man, like, you know, like eating a donut, like that's the equivalent of eating a donut. Like it's, that's it. Like it's it. You have it for like a second. It feels nice. And then it's over. And then you really just like, look at it. You're like, I shouldn't have done that. Right. And that, that's what you have for the rest of the season. That's it. Like that's all they have left to play for. And that's tough. And that's tough. And you can say this team is way better than that. You can see this team has been hit by circumstances. You could say this team is not unfair. And I would agree with you. Like, absolutely, I agree with you. I think this team is good. Like, I really think that this team is good. This team has so much more talent than it is. This team is a great coach. This team has some great players. There's some great leadership. Um, But the reality is they're eight games under. And you have to look at the trade deadline. You just have to. And they're, I mean, obviously the front office is looking at the trade deadline. And if I had to guess, they're probably selling. And I'd probably think that they didn't want to sell. I think that wasn't the plan coming into the season, the two sell. But, like, what has happened according to plan for the Raptors? Nothing. Nothing. It's, it's stupid to even plan. Like, this is really the, the great takeaway from of Mice and Men, really. It's it's like that. It's that kind of season for the Raptors. It's of, a, of Mice and Men type season for the Raptors. Uh, where, you know, nothing has come off for them. Nothing. So, uh, you have to look at selling. And, you know, the reports are what you kind of expect. People want Norman Powell and Kyle Lowry. Because, guess what? Norman and Kyle Lowry are really good players that would help any single playoff team. They are literally NBA champions. They are habitual winners, and they are all very competitive and very, very productive players that you can rely on. If teams are looking at Norm, they're looking at him like, yo, this guy can give you, what, 20 efficiently? Uh, he could be a difference maker for us. A lot of teams don't have a Norm. Like, you look up and down the roster, like the teams that are above the Raptors, Celtics could use a Norman Powell. Um, the Hawks could use a Norman Powell. The Bucks, oh my goodness, could the Bucks use a Norman Powell. Right? Like, just to not play Norm alone would be worth whatever they're giving up. I'm mean, not saying they're going to go to the Bucks. The Bucks have literally nothing. Um, and also, screw the Bucks. But, uh, if you don't want to play, <laughs> if you don't want to play Drake in your arena, you can't, you can't play Norm Powell on your team. That's, that's just how it goes. Uh, but anyway, you know, there's a report from Zach Lowe, like a dozen teams have inquired about Norman Powell. Um, you have Kyle Lowry, for example, right? Kyle is a guy, obviously, hard to trade, you know, for multiple reasons. Hard to trade for the Raptors because, you know, like, he's the GOAT. Um, the GROAT, as he is. Greatest Raptor of all time. Uh, and, of course, he's making $30 million, so that's, like, objectively hard to trade. But you have the report today coming out from Kevin O'Connor saying that uh, the Miami Heat are interested in Kyle Lowry. The Raptors are asking 
for Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, uh, or or Duncan Robinson, one of the two. You you can't you know have both. Uh, unlikely. Uh, and then some expiring salaries. You know, okay, not bad. And honestly, at this point, like that's not a bad package. Like I really like if you can get like you know Robinson is a little tougher because he's hitting uh, free agency and. Um, he's restricted so you can match, but at the same time, he's probably going to get paid 20 mil. You already have so many, uh, big contracts signed going forward. You'd have OG. He'd probably get an OG level deal, if not even more than OG. Honestly, you saw Joe Harris, um, shoot. I mean, he, what, got 472, you know, um, don't imagine, uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't imagine that. Robinson will, will will make less than that. Um, I, I mean, we saw Duncan Robinson like go to a finals run and, and be very productive. But in any case, um, you know, if you can get Hero, if you can get you know like a Precious Achua, one more piece from the from the Heat because they can't give up first round picks. If you can get two players like that and some expiring salary, like you get Kelly Olynyk, you get Goran Dragic, probably let Dragic go or maybe flip into a third team. I feel like he could help some teams as well. Like the Clippers could use a Goran Dragic, for example. Um, and then maybe you keep Kelly, uh, maybe you re-sign Kelly. Honestly, I think a guy like Kelly, a spacing five would really help alongside like a Pascal. He's also a bit of a playmaker. And of course he's Canadian. Listen, the the Raptors just have to have at least one Canadian on the roster. And I know they have Chris Boucher, but maybe two. In any case, um, that's not bad. That's not bad. And if that's for Kyle at this point, I might take it. Like I, I honestly, I, I, you know, it's just, you have to realistically look at the situation. They're eight games under eight like, the real, like, the best possible situation is they get to the playing games, they win the playing games. You know, Alex tweets out, never underestimate the heart of a champion for a thousand likes, and the Raptors lose in, like, six games to the Bucks, And we have two really competitive, great games, but we lose. And th- that sucks, man. That that really sucks. And you really have to look at, you know, the roster. And, and look, would I be unhappy if the Raptors kept their guys... No, because I would really need to react after what happens in the offseason. If they can re-sign Kyle, if they can re-sign Norm to tradable deals, I'm okay with that too. Like, I really am. Like, I, you know, like, I'm trying to keep the team competitive. They're going to get a decent draft pick regardless of what happens. Um, you know, I wouldn't hate that. That's not a bad outcome. I mean, it might not be the outcome people are wanting right now, but listen, you people make plans. They dream about these things. or like fade for Cade, whatever. And make all these plans, and at the end of the day, you have players like look at the Cavs, right? They they got Sexton, they got Garland, they got um, Okoro as first round picks, lottery picks, and like I'm sure they probably looked at those guys like, yo, they're gonna change our lives that much. Listen, man, as much as Colin Sexton just like destroyed the Raptors tonight, Colin Sexton hasn't won 20 games in the NBA like in a season, 20, <laughs> two zero 20, okay? And I understand they were coached, you know, whatever circumstances, the team was garbage rebuilding, whatever. Like, you, are you really trying to watch? Are you really trying to watch that? I mean, and maybe you could say, well, it's not. It's just a one-year rebuild. You kind of just, like, uh, suck for this year, and then you pick it right back up, just like the Spurs. Do you know how many teams in the NBA have said, just like the Spurs? Just like the Spurs. We're going to tank for one year, just like the Spurs. We'll get Tim Duncan, and then we're going to go right to the championship. Like, nah, man. It, it, it's, yeah, that's that's an outlier. That, that really is an outlier. Um that doesn't mean you don't rebuild. I'm just saying that you give up real tangible things when you rebuild. When you let go of the rope in terms of trying to win, it is so hard to get back, get a grip back on that rope. And you you see it now with the Raptors. Like, they, they lose, 
And this is a game that was super winnable. There have been many games during the stretch where it's been super winnable. The schedule's been soft. Raptors has just been softer. Um, but it's hard to win. And I know that sounds like some infer- like ephemeral bullshit. And maybe it is, but it's probably not. If you've played any sports, you kind of have an understanding of how difficult it is to play as a group and win. Come in every game and win, win, win. And whether that's like a freaking rec league team that you play, you know, at Lamport Stadium uh, or, you know, uh, you know, to the highest levels. Like, it's really hard to win. You really need that institutional knowledge of how to win. And I do know that these guys have that. And that's probably why these guys are coveted, to be honest. There's tons of losing players in the NBA. Not a lot of Kyle Lowry's, not a lot of Norm Powell's even. Um, but if you if you choose to go to tanking, the tanking route, or if you even just tank the season, it's not easy to, to pick up the ball. But having said that, though, like... It's gone to that point. Like you're down, you're 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 eight games under at this point with thirty games left. You're pretty much down twenty two points in the third quarter. And if you really think you can make a comeback, you know, good for you, man. But you still have to play overtime after that, and overtime is going to be against like the Brooklyn Nets or whatever. I don't want to see that, to be honest. I I really do want to see some of these guys taken care of. Um, I, I you know again, I'm not. I'm okay with a rebuild at this point. I'm okay with moving some of these pieces. I think if you can get some of these guys back. Uh, and you try to rebuild a little bit, um, I don't mind. I, I think it might be the prudent thing to do at this point. Uh, and, it, and it hurts to say that, man, because, you know, I, again, like, 2013, that year was the first year Kyle was here, and, you know, whatever, um, he was like 26 years old, and then just to see him now and see his fight, and, and, and even this game, right? Like, it was not one of Kyle Lowry's greatest games. He had some threes early, but was really bricking with a lot of other stuff and was complaining to referees and like that, you know, like, Whatever. But you always know that you can count on Kyle to try to make a comeback. You know. Like, in the toughest times, he's going to try to get the team together. Listen, man, this guy called his own timeout in the third quarter, told Nick to stay out of it, and pulled the team aside, huddled them together, yelled at them, and, I mean, it didn't work, okay? (laughs) It didn't work. Sorry, Coach Kyle, you know, turns out this team might be beyond coaching at this point. We might need, like, sorcery or something. Uh, We might need, like, an exorcism. But, in any case... um. You know, you you can count on Kyle. You can count on Kyle to make plays, and Kyle was making plays, man. That that mentality of a winner, um, that spirit that that he has, like, trust me, man. I mean, it's 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 special. That's that's a talent onto itself. Guys who want to win that badly, guys who want to win that badly, that he's pressing up on Darius Garland at half court, forcing him into a travel, and then Darius Garland yells in the face of a referee, and Kyle Lowry's scrambling to to get the referee to call him a tech. Uh, even though there's like a minute left and the Raptors are clearly losing the game. Like, <laughs> it's funny, but it's also like, that's the kind of like mf that Kyle Lowry is and has been for so long, man. And you know you can rely on him. And literally, I've not seen a single comeback by the Toronto Raptors that has not involved Kyle Lowry. You know how hard that is? We've seen great players get left out of all sorts of situations. We've seen DeMar get benched in some very important games. Uh, we've seen Pascal get benched now. Like we've seen guys come out, but the one consistency that you always have is that like Kyle Lowry is, is just that stubbornness to win. And um, you know, if they move that, if they move him, man, you're gonna miss him. You're gonna miss all these things. And of course, that's this is not the time for it. I'm not trying to, you know, eulogize Kyle's time with the Raptors before he goes. That's that's disrespectful. What I'm trying to say is though that you admire that spirit. And you just never want to see this team ever lose that, man. And I just think right now, there's just too many mistakes by the Raptors every single game. 
that it's, it's costing them. It really is costing them. And it, it sucks to watch. It really, really sucks to watch. And I think probably for a lot of people mentally, you know, if, if fans are just like, okay, we're tanking this year, then I can ex- then I can understand the losses. That's fine, man. You can either understand the losses or don't understand the losses. They're still losses. <laughs> and um, whatever makes, you know, you feel better at this point. And, I, and of course, I understand, like, uh, you know, obviously that's, that's, the relation between the fan to the team to the players is is the whole purpose of why we're here, right? You know, um, and you know what? If if we can feel better about that relationship, we can feel better about losing. If we can rationalize losing, then that's fine. I just I, I hate being in a place where you can rationalize losing. Like I just hate it. I hate the idea. You know, like why? Like sometimes I'll just like go play soccer with my dad's like over forties old Chinese men's leagues. And, you know, these guys can barely run and, you know, it, it, we lose like 3-2 and I'm, I'm, I'm fuming after the game. You know, I, I just hate losing in any context, okay? Um, yeah, like, and, I, and I would really hate for the Raptors to continue losing the way they are, whether you can feel good about it or not. I mean, I can never feel good about a loss, quite honestly. But maybe some people can, maybe some people can look at the bigger picture. And of course I can look at the bigger picture and I can maybe feel better about the bigger picture. I'm like, Oh man, the Raptors got more lottery balls with this loss. And I hashtag fade for Cade, bro. I don't even know this man. I don't know Cade. I don't know who Mobley is. I don't know Kuminga. I don't know all these guys. I don't. And I probably won't. And to be honest, these guys probably won't make enough of an impact to impact the current core with this current group, man. You see the Warriors with James Wiseman. Oh man, they had a down year, but they got James Wiseman. They came in. This man comes off the bench. Yeah, you might say, well, there's different prospects. Come on, these guys are not the same. I get it, man. Just just point to a guy that came in and just really changed everything, man. Even like Luca. Best case scenario, Luca, man. First round out. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, Trey Young, the, doing all he does, doesn't even get to the playoffs, you know? And yeah. I mean, freaking rookie LeBron came in and they missed the playoffs. So. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm not saying the tanking is not a viable strategy. I'm just saying people should be a little bit more realistic about um, it's not a miracle solution by any means. It's not as simple as Spurs getting Tim Duncan. Uh, in terms of your three stars for this game, because, you know, yeah, there was a gas basketball game that was played. Um, oof, uh, first star, probably OJ and Obi again. And I, and I say this, even though I was mad at the way OG played in the first half, I thought OG was forcing things. Um, I thought OG was driving, tr- calling ISOs for himself, and I was just like, this is not how you play OG. What are you doing? But second half, my goodness, was OG good in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Pretty much the go-to option in the fourth quarter, which has been kind of enjoyable to watch. It's real awkward. It, it really is like you have that suspense of like watching like Bambi trying to walk on ice and, and like, you know, trying to like, it's like watching those like, the, um, I don't know, like Discovery Channel, like the the, the, the Planet Earth videos. Uh, where you're watching like a newborn like turtle try to like you know walk waddle his way from the, the the shell that it's hatched on on the beach to get to the water before like the seagulls come through and eat them and stuff like that. Like I have that same fear like when I watch like that that turtle that baby turtle as I do when OG drives one on one. But sometimes it it works and when it does work, just like when the turtle gets to the water and it's able to swim and then live for like a hundred years as like an ancient sea turtle. Um, I get the same thrill, like, honestly. And really, in this analogy, um, Jared Allen is the seagull. And listen, Jared Allen is shaped like a seagull. This guy's arms are ridiculous. He's huge. He is exactly what the Raptors have needed all season, and I hate that that, that he's just there. I wish his, him and his 
um, his seven feet of, of basketball player would be on the Raptors instead of uh, always against the Raptors. But in any case, OJ and Obi driving one-on-one against Jared Allen, getting him to bite on the pump fake, getting him out of position, throwing in little hook shots. It was beautiful to watch. It's awkward. It always is awkward with OG. There's like 25% more awkwardness than necessarily needs to be. That's OG's whole brand. So I think we should just embrace that at this point. Yeah, I loved seeing it, man. OG in the second half was great. And listen, he blocked Colin Sexton, which honestly, this guy was killing the rest of the team. So the fact that he even blocked him once, forced him to a couple turnovers, was was great to see. So honestly, OG's hit my first star. Even though he pretty much only played one good half, but you know. That's kind of is what it is at this point. 17 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, a block for OG, 31 minutes. Um, yeah, nice player. Nice player that OG, I know, but I've missed him. Um, your second star, oh man, this is, I, I guess, Fred? Now, here's the thing with Fred, okay? I appreciate so many things about him. First off, um, his post-game interviews. In, any interview with Fred VanVleet, it's great. He's like one of the greatest people to talk to. Not just like in like in the Raptors context and the sports context. Just a great dude to talk to, man. He's a very wise guy, and it makes me feel weird that he's like two years younger than me. That he's he's talking this much game towards everybody. Like, yo, you're 26, man. What do you? How, how you have no reason to be this wise? But in any case, you know, Fred VanVleet. Uh, here's what he did tonight. In the second half, he played 22 minutes. And 51 seconds. There are only 24 minutes in the second half of a game. Uh, Yeah, which means he sat for a minute and nine seconds. That's it. And this is after less than a week of coming back from COVID, man. You have to just salute this man. He he plays with so much heart. And uh, he competes. He's down, you know... In the, and, and, yo, after doing all this, and you, you can't imagine his conditioning is perfect and everything like that, but he hits, like, two dagger threes in the fourth quarter, you know, try to give the Raptors a little bit of a life at, at the end. Obviously, it's too little too late, but still, man, Fred played his heart out, man. Uh, and, you know, the only thing is you, you do wish the shooting percentage is better because uh, since coming back from injury or the illness, uh, he shot, what, 2-4-13, then, like, a 5 4 you know, I, I don't remember the specific game totals now, but the the total number is he's shot 16 of 52 since coming back. So obviously he needs to refine his uh, his rhythm. I like the fact that he got 15 threes. A lot of them are good looks. He just couldn't get them to go. Some pull up jumpers, which is fine. I mean, he made one, but he also missed like three more. Um, and then some catch and shoot ones that he's usually money on. He just couldn't make them. He honestly probably got the same quality of looks as he did when he got the 54 point game against uh, uh, the Magic. But um, yeah, I mean, Fred played well. Fred played well. He's the second star. He deserves it, too. The shooting percentage is low, but it is what it is. Uh, third star, I mean, I'll give it to I'll give it to Kyle. 18, 8, and 4 for Kyle. Um, in 40 minutes, he, he, he fought hard. He fought really hard. And he gave them some pretty great minutes. Um, just wasn't enough. And it sucks that Kyle's going to give you his best and it's not enough. That That's a sign that you're not good enough, honestly. <laughs> And then I and I hate that, but that's that's true. In terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, come on, man, that's got to go to uh, not Sexton actually, Dean Wade. Have you seen Dean Wade? Not, I'm not talking about D Wade in Cleveland. I'm talking about Dean Wade in Cleveland. All right, he looks nothing like Dwayne Wade, uh, and shoots nothing like Dwayne Wade. Man, this guy was money. The Raptors kept leaving this guy wide open. He just made so many threes early on. Um, of course, he didn't really factor in the second half, but. Torch the Raptors, and I can't even remember the last time the Raptors had a guy off the bench to score 16 points who wasn't Chris Boucher. 
Um, because if you look at the season high for some of these guys, it's not going to look good. But uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. So, um, you know, that's the podcast. Uh, and I appreciate everyone for listening, honestly. I know it probably it's probably annoying to hear a guy whine. And I'm very appreciative of, like, A, the fact that everyone's listening, and I appreciate that, even despite the losing. I've seen a lot of good comments on that front. So that's reassuring. Honestly, it is a bit of a, a worry for me that, um, you know, they're going to do all this losing. And, like, how's that going to affect my career? I mean, it's just selfish, but it's something you consider. Um, but in any case, like, I, I just think that, you know, I, uh, I don't know. If this is at all cathartic for you, um, then I'm happy. Because I think we all need some catharsis after watching these games. It's been ugly. It's really ugly. We've seen a lot of the ugly side of everything, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, I mean, you just have to keep some perspective at the end of the day, right? Like, you know, it's, it's not a real problem if you can just turn off the channel or if you can just close the tab and, uh, that's what it is. So listen, if the Raptors are playing the way they are playing, maybe give yourself some, uh, realistic expectations and just like really, uh, I don't know, cool off, try to do something else, start new hobbies, um, what did I do recently? I, I decided to buy Civ- Civilization, the video game. Um, for some reason, I've resisted it for a very long time. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know why. I just knew that I would be madly addicted to it if I played it. I'm def- definitely that kind of, like, strategy-type player. And I played Rise of Nations and stuff like that. But anyway, I bought this video game, and I have been playing it, like, <laughs> like three hours a day. Much to the shimay of, uh, dismay of my partner. But uh, in any case... Um, yeah, you, you gotta find yourself some distraction and things like that, man. You just gotta try to get your way through it. I mean, uh, as I said before, like the Raptors used to be a great distraction for the for the uh, the rest of the world, and now the rest of the world needs to be a distraction for the Raptors because they're not doing well. But listen, man, whatever happens, it's been an exciting week. Uh, we're here to cover all of it. Um, we're actually gonna bring back the call-in show, which is actually huge. Really excited for that. Uh, but you know, when we have more firm details, I'll, I'll get to it. I don't want to overcommit. To it, but definitely uh, looking forward to the the plan is to get people's calls for the trade deadline, which would be really fun. Um, really miss hearing everybody, um, and definitely don't want to always be the one talking, uh, which is ironic coming from a guy who starts a podcast. But um, yeah, that get the newsletter. Newsletter is really good. I'm getting some real good emails and stuff like that. So I mean, um, uh, responding to those, you're gonna get game highlights. You're gonna get players' reactions. You're gonna get ten things. You're gonna get you know memes. Everything. It's a good, it's a good um, newsletter. You should get it, uh, and, and it's in the, uh, the 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 link to subscribe to the new email newsletter is going to be uh, in the description of the show. And um, yeah, again, once again, I really appreciate everyone for listening and giving me this time. So thanks everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, the Raptors play again tomorrow against Houston, the only team in the league that's more depressing. I swear to God, have you seen these press conferences? I mean, you think Nick Nurse is is down bad when he's like rubbing his head? Um, you know, trying to like come up with like a twenty point play. Uh, you should see Steven Silas, man. This man was on the Zoom call and was doing everything short of crying. And I feel so bad for that man. I can't believe he's worked his whole life to get to this point just to have James Harden leave the team and for the Rockets to lose like twenty straight games. Um, but they lost again tonight and. Uh, they're, I mean, they're looking a little bit more competitive now that Christian Wood is back, so we'll see. But, um, yeah, the Raptors should snap it tomorrow. But, I, honestly, if they lose, I mean, that would really be rock bottom. I saw some people saying rock bottom today. You got to wait till tomorrow to make that statement. So, I'll be back tomorrow to recap the game. Peace. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.